0: To the batman book club a podcast that explores the dark knight library i'm your host ryan lauer you can follow the batman book club on twitter at the batman bc for upcoming episodes uh, new episodes and even some giveaways you can also follow me on twitter at lauer underscore ryan lauer spelled like lower the Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network hosted by batmanonfilm.com. Go to the website and you can see some cool other shows that share common nerd interests that many of us just frolic over day and night. You can also write in for questions or comments, concerns go to Eric Holzman, at thebatmanbc at gmail.com. And finally, if you would ever be so kind and take 30 seconds out of your day to help rate and review this show, the link to the rate and review page on Apple Podcasts is in the description of this episode. And if you rate and review, it helps spread the word. And as we all know, that word is panic. Now, this is the most um, topical episode, I believe, that we have done here on the Batman Book Club in its short life. Because what we are about to cover is Batman Three Jokers, which actually just wrapped up less than a week ago. So we are hopping on this. And I am not going to split myself into threes and attack this from three Ryan angles. I'm going to bring in another R He is a man who knows everything about Robin, and he loves everything about Tim Drake. He is Rob Myers from Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake. Returning to the show. Hello, Rob.
1: Hey, it's great to be back. This is time number three. I I think my library card is now finally starting to get more punches on it, so I love it. Thanks for having (laughs) me on, man.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Anytime. And you are still beating Ryan Haas in appearances. So, I think as long as we do that, you're uh you're in good
1: shape. I am just trying to hold on to the coattails of Garrett and uh Pete, but now I'm just realizing I just got to I just I just have to run faster than Haas, and I think that's pretty easy to <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um yeah, cuz those other guys like they can't get enough of the show and so they just keep coming back for more and as anybody that is following the show on the Twitter saw that this is a Joker week for the Joker book club. And Pete Vera is hopping on for his sixth appearance on the Batman book club in just a couple days to talk Joker war. So I figured this was such a great time because we have two, um, very popular Joker stories in DC comics kind of hitting at the same time, wrapping up in the same month. um, I don't know if that's happened before, and I'm I'm a bit of a, oh, uh, I, I I was gonna say a sequential guy, but I I guess I think Joker War the build up to it, no Joker War actually the build up to Joker War, really started way before the build up to Joker or Three Jokers build up to. Help me out here, Rob. The build up to Three Jokers started. <laughs> Way before the build up to Joker War, there we yes, go. There got it is. It. Give me an applause. <laughs>
1: Woo-hoo. All right, it's I, just, been real. I just wanted to day. give you just enough rope there. Like you got <laughs> it. You almost have. <laughs> yes. Oh my uh, gosh. The the build up being four years, so yes. that's like your grandmother saying, "I'm going to get you a Christmas present," and then leaving the room, and you're going, "What? I'll, I'll talk to you in four years. I'll let you know when you're going to get it." So yeah.
0: <laughs> Damn it, Grandma! Come on! <laughs> Come on! Oh heavens. But yeah, so let's let's hop into this. Like let's just jump right in here because when this first started, um, you are a hero and we are in constant communication about all things nerd. Um and I don't know who reached out to who first and asked about like, hey, did you read it yet? And I was like, Yeah, and shared our thoughts and stuff and then I don't know how and we're like, All right, Rob Myers, you're the guest for Three Jokers when this wraps up and you're like, Yes, sir, I'll be there
1: yeah um i I don't know if i had i think i might have reached out to you just just basically like you said i'm just gonna repeat whatever you say on the show is more of just like (laughs) is like hey this is this would be cool to talk about i don't even know if i was alluding to like oh i i want to do this instead of lonely place you know or or whatever i think it was more like i just want to get a chance (laughs) to talk to you uh in some form that I think that just graduate or gradually went to, we ought to do this on the show. So I think you put that line out there. Like you cracked the door open and I just kicked it open. Like, okay, I'm here. So before I hop to that, see, I teased, I'm teasing everybody that we're going to talk about three jokers.
0: I need to ask you and damn it. (laughs) Ryan Hossel love this ever since he was on for the first time. He totally got me screwed up. And to where I, I forget the order of my own damn show. Every time I record, before we get to three jokers rob myers what have you been reading lately specifically batman if not batman then what outside of three jokers
1: uh, outside of three jokers i mean I obviously i've been reading joker war um yeah. and not trying to dovetail into another podcast but trying to catch up on the Bendis run of young justice for the everyone loves young mm-hmm. justice podcast so that's trying to wrap that up next week that the last issue of Bendis's run will close. So I've been doing a little homework. Jay and I have let those books kind of sit. I think we were like five books behind. So that's what I've been doing, doing show notes and stuff like that. Uh, the most recent, I uh, read Batman 416, which uh, Javi, you've, you've had on your show. Um, I just finished reading that yesterday for an upcoming podcast on my show. So that's the most most recent was Batman 4, uh, 416. And that's the first meeting of Nightwing and Jason Todd.
0: Ooh, fantastic. Dipping into that Batman goodness. I have been all over the place and reading a variety of stuff um but I think the most recent Bat Batman outside of like the Joker War and reading the main Batman title and the White Knight pres- Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn number 1. What a title, am I right? But yeah. uh <laughs> outside of those new releases, I read the collected batman night out with uh dixon and nolan that covers oh. detective comics 701 to 718 i think good run uh i'd never i hadn't well i noticed in one of i think 703 it's got the two joker uh women henchwomen
1: yeah on that's Yeah right. yeah
0: i have that issue and then as, you know, it was as a kid and it always, it sucked as a kid because you were like, Hey, I've got seven Oh three. I <laughs> don't have Oh two. I don't have 02, I don't have 04, i do not have 05, So I'm reading this issue and I have no idea what happened before or after it. So outside of that, I don't think I'd read much in the, uh, you know, in that, uh, collection. And that was a, that was a fun surprise. That was a good that was a good series of stories. And I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised given the creative team, but it was a lot of fun. So that's yeah, my and, recent and that's, outside of
1: the typical, the typical flair. And that, that run is really good too. Cause it's, it's uh, one of the few stories that is an uninterrupted Dixon uh, universe story. That's not getting pulled into like cataclysm and all these weird things where the, he gets to tell his own arc. So that's, that's a really good, good series of issues there.
0: Faux show. So now back to um, the right order of how I'm supposed to do this show Batman Three Jokers. So teased at the end of Justice League in the New 52 and the Dark Side War, written by Jeff Johns and drawn by Jason Fabak. They teased that there are three Jokers, which left all of us kind of like, what? And then it was teased that a three Joker story was coming. And we've had ups and downs of teases and finally this year we got a release date then the pandemic happened and only postponed it two months and then i think that kind of not saying the pandemic benefited but that extra couple months also benefited to where we got these three issues on time each month and as long as we waited like this story came out it came and went fast Uh, so for the the version that you i assume you reread batman 3 jokers for this podcast uh which version did you read
1: rob myers so, are you talking which of the sixteen covers did I <laughs> did I did, <laughs> yeah. did I did I read for this? So, I, I guess yeah. there's
0: physical and digital, and yes. because the story just wrapped up, we don't have absolutes, deluxe editions collected right. on DC. None of that. So, our options are either you have physical issues or you have digital. Yeah. So.
1: I went. I went straight digital. I was. I was being to with you, Matt. Like there was a part of me that was like, I wish the free digital code was like I me. Mean, buy the Blu-ray, I get the DVD, the Blu-ray, and the digital yeah. code. But alas, you know, I liked it when they mm-hmm. included the digital codes in there. So as many covers as I bought, there was that spot that went, oh, "You could just get this digital and have it for the podcast." I'm like, "Nope." I got 16 covers here. Open one of the 16 for the show.
0: <laughs> so. I too, I guess we can, we can hop right into the, the covers uh, mm-hmm. at first because, um, uh, fabox has been, he's been good on, on social media in, in the build up and the teasing for the oh, story. Yeah, yeah. And I don't remember when, but it was over the summer, wasn't it? That he had unveiled that he was doing multiple covers for every issue.
1: And I was trying to look that earlier before we started recording. and I believe so. And I think my memory wants to say it was late May, early June that he started doing that. So may, maybe even April. So uh, again, don't quote me on, it. I was I'm hardly scrolling, trying to find it, but it was early, early part of the summer.
0: Yeah. And to me at first, because he, he'd mentioned how there is going to be the, the normal, the standard covers, which has Batman. And then the three jokers on the front is green. And it's each of the three jokers for each, like, Issue one has one Joker, issue two has another, issue three has another. Then there was going to be a hero cover for each one. So Batman for issue or book one, not even called issue, they're book one. Batgirl for book two, Red Hood for book three. And then we saw there's going to be three other, like, th- or three Joker variants for each book, as well as a, I don't know, I forget exactly what it's called. The coloring scheme is is weird. I think for book one was like a green and purple. Yeah. Two was, uh, was that the yellow and red?
1: I believe. Yes. Yes. You're right. Yep. That's like the orangish yellow red. Yep. You're right.
0: Okay. And then book three, I forget what the color for that one was.
1: I don't, I want to say that was more purple, I think.
0: And then one more, a black and white, uh, version for each. And then I believe you'd sent me the picture of a cover a very rare cover for book three that had like three long film strips with the different covers all over them and that one you got to sell a kidney to be able to buy because that's really rare and really pricey
1: (laughs) that is a one in 450 so any comic shops that went all in and bought all of the variants and you had to buy your X number of books to qualify this. Basically, you bought 400. So if you bought all 450 of the quantities that you got, you got this one in 100 and 450. And the shop I went to, they were asking 675 dollars for. Oh. So no, I did not and buy all of the covers.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate it, but who's got that? Right, <laughs> like who can make you know what? I can spend. Seven hundred dollars on an issue of a comic, but you'd already said you have sixteen covers.
1: Sixteen. Have you
0: have you shared it on social media? Yes, I have.
1: Yep. Okay. So the some people may be going sixteen. Like if you didn't get the you know one in twenty five variant, the 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 colored versions of it, like the green and yellow that you were talking about, there was a second printing of issue one. So instead of there being four issues of one there was a fifth and that's where the joker has the little joker puppet shark on his hands so i'm really surprised that book two and book three did not go into a second printing so yet yet right that variant
0: is really cool of the uh hand puppet joker shark that we see in book one
1: so to answer your question i finally scrolled back through jason's tweets on june 25th he says three jokers will be getting some premium variants drawn by myself and colors by Brian anderson the idea is to highlight some of the many looks of the joker throughout the year so this was back in june when he announced hey there's going to be multiple variants so there's that answer cool
0: and i guess my reaction to it was just like okay cool because i figured it was kind of how variants to me have been or big event variants have been Lately, especially for like the landmark issues of Detective Comics and Batman and stuff, and that there are like I kind of don't even want to get excited because the ones that I really want are like oh those are the rare ones that or this is specifically for this comic shop or that comic shop. And then when Book One was released, and I went to the comic shop and I was kind of overwhelmed because I'm like, holy shit, I can choose what covers I want. Right, right. Really, they're all here. Oh, and then I just stood there and just started like during a pandemic and i'm grabbing every single issue of of a comic book with my bare hands like oh d i don't know which one i want (laughs) i want to get them all yeah Yeah. right so i mean i just for my own sake i settled on getting the hero versions of each and then two of the three joker variants and that's where i was just going to drop it because i kind of figured because i hadn't seen what the hardcover collection was going to look like and i thought like, I bet the standard ones are probably going to be the cover, you know, with the green label. And so yeah. I'm just like, ah, I'm good. And I actually like these rare ones that are marking different Jokers in Joker's history. Yeah, more. yeah. So I, I decided to just to go with the variants, too. And why I need nine issues of three issues, I don't know. But I also just kind of don't, don't care either. Like, it's going to they're going to they're thick enough that they can stand up on my bat shelf. Like yeah. as if it's a book, it's not like single small issues, which can't do that. So it'll look pretty on my vouch shelf one of these days.
1: And I've got top loaders. I have a, a spinner rack here. So I've got top loaders and everything. And I hung J channel up on the wall so I can slide issues in, but this was something I felt like was special. And I've been a huge mm-hmm. Fabok fan uh, for box, excuse me, a uh, fan since uh, bat detective comics, 900, mm-hmm um when he like first was getting his start right around there so um i was like i had met him once getting some books signed and i was just instantly you know, and I'm not like the world's biggest Joker fan, but hit the art is so good on all these covers. I'm like, I, I can't say no to the, to the main covers. So again, I was like, you, do I need nine of these covers? And then it turned into now I've got 16 of these covers. So in my mind, when we can go back to reality, I would like to take a few of these and have them signed at, at some point, but yeah, they that look would
0: right. be awesome. That would be awesome. And I mean, the quality of the book themselves too, is such a throwback for me of like, like I can, you hear that you hear that you can't smell it but mm, it, <laughs> smells like the, it smells like the that smells like new does. paper and it's a different kind of paper like m- reminiscent of kind of like when i was a kid reading the comics not the yes. glossy thin paper now and it's like it's just printed and this is really nerdy i know but it, it only supports me wanting to buy physical media you know an issue yes. not just be like oh, wait until the trade because it just feels like just carrying it and it's like ah oh, that's a that's that's cool there's different versions like this quality paper like they went all out in production value and i i couldn't be happier that i spent as much money as i did which i haven't done that for oh man i don't know if i've ever gone this kind of crazy with with a comic before of hopping in and making sure i get all of the variant they're not all the variants but multiple variants for each issue and stuff
1: Yeah. Other than like Detective 1000, some of the 80th, like, of course I bought the majority. I didn't even buy all of the Robin 80th anniversary covers. I bought like from the time areas I liked, but you're Mm -hmm. right. I was, as you were talking, I'm trying to think what was the last time I really went all in. I don't know if I've gone like full, like whole hog into something like this and getting that first issue and feeling the book this, it, it literally feels different. This isn't just like, Hey, this is the three ninety nine book. That's going to be on the wall. And tomorrow you're going to put it in your long box. Like I, I didn't feel that way. And I'm glad you said about smelling the, the issue. <laughs> like I, I used to do that as a kid, like, especially when I got new CDs yeah. or tapes, I, there was something about smelling the album, the paper, smelling, <laughs> the paper. like there was, and I, I'm probably going to be the on just
0: cases too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so there it, it's, I I can't put it into words other than this this feels important and it wasn't because they were saying oh this is going to be important you said it earlier there there was care and thought and detail put into this and it just it shows just from the front cover and holding this book in your hands this feels this feels more special than your normal you know month to month comic
0: yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And Justin Kowalski and I have met, have come up with some great ideas when he's guested on the show. And one that we both thought is great. We're waiting for Yankee Candle to make a floppies. Um, <laughs> I'll buy a, a floppies scent. Yeah. I'd buy one too. Like, uh, oh, and comic shops can just like, l- like those too. And, oh man. But also a, a fun extra is also that as we got closer to release, uh, Fabbox, said that he had created these like joker cards that Mm. would also be coming with also made me nervous because it sounded like they'd be coming with pre-orders right and here's the thing with me and pre-orders i don't pre-order issues from a from a shop i kind of like going on the hunt like there's something that's kind of exciting of like i don't know what's gonna be there and just showing up instead of just knowing of like, oh, yeah, I got to go pick up my stack. Got to go pick up my whatever. And sometimes I have lost the opportunity of getting what I wanted. Most of the time I end up getting what I want. And when I first went and got these, there was no card. It didn't come like they didn't give me one, even though I bought multiple versions. And I was sad and heartbroken. And who pulls through? Rob Myers pulls through. Ta-da. And says, I've got, I've got some. Well, let me just send one to you and you did a yeah. joker batman version and then for and then i just got <laughs> when i went to the shops for the next two issues they were basically of just kind of like they had a stack of them and i'm like hey can i have some and they're like yeah <laughs> i go okay can i have 5 okay and so then i got 5 and i'm like okay thanks because i'm i will have these and if somebody doesn't have them like justin kowalski he wasn't able to get um one of these either and because oh, wow. i grabbed five i was able to send him one and so uh, these are just such a nerdy cool bonus i don't know what i'm gonna do with them yet you know yeah but like, it's, I've it's been... cool to have
1: I bagged and boarded. I've got three out on the computer right now. Um, I've been buying a lot of the McFarlane action figures and they come with cards. So I've got some old baseball card sleeves and they fit right in there. So that's probably where I'm eventually going to keep the loose ones, but in my bag and boards, I have them on the back side. So when I pull the bag and board out, there'll be a card in each one of those that I have. So um, like you said, don't know what I'm going to do with them, but it's just nice to know, you know, 40 years from now, when I'm old and senile, I'll go, oh, look, there's a playing card in there. You know, something like that. I'm still
0: dealing with a full deck. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. So let's dig into this Batman Three Jokers. Uh, What were your expectations going into it? because they were kind of vague in the setup for the story. They weren't saying like there's going to be multiple jokers and they're going to do this and then do that and their plan is to take over Gotham City. It was pretty vague of I don't yeah. know what I'm getting into.
1: You know, it re- rewinding the clock back going 4 years ago like you said when this was in Justice League 47 and Batman sits in the Mobius chair and you know asks the question and we can get back into that, you know, at, at another point, but he asks you know, what's the identity of the Joker. And his reply was, you know, he's shocked. Like, Oh no, that, that can't be true. And tells Green Lantern later there's not one Joker. There's three Jokers. And my initial reaction was, oh, what the heck is this? Like now, now there's been three Jokers. Then so we can, I almost got a weird, like Grant Morrison vibe. Like, Oh, the only way that Batman, is that it has had many interactions with the Joker. And there's no way he could have survived all these explosions and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, of course there's three jokers. So I kind of rolled my eyes at it and then it's kind of went away. Like, all right. So my expectations were okay. Don't screw up the Batman timeline and all this other stuff. Like I, I wasn't on board with the idea, but with the names that were attached to it, I was like, okay, this is going to play out in some weird justice league issue that was going on in the new 52 and i'm like i don't know how you can fit this into a dark side war story that's going on and then it kind of went away and i had forgot about it for a while so my expectations were i don't know how excited i am about it but i like faybox art so i'll I'll check it out that's where i was
0: yeah i didn't dismiss the idea but the fact of there being passing time from when that initial idea was presented of there being three jokers. And then we just didn't hear any more about it. I, I kind of just thought, okay, well that was a new 52 cliffhanger and just kind of left it there of let the story go on in your own mind and create it yourself and never really revisited the, the idea until Fabok sent out like a teaser image, which is like a, I think you could probably imagine it of it's, it's almost like at the table at the killing joke. It's reminiscent of the killing joke and a Mm -hmm. card is up. And then who our point of view is facing the three different jokers. And that was like a teaser. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that was kind of the teaser image of, Oh, it's coming. We're still working on it. And so then I got excited and then time passed a little bit more again. And then it was like, ah, and I, by the time that the book came out, I just knew Oh, Batgirl and Red Hood are going to be in this too, and that's yeah. really all that I knew. And I'm really happy that that's all that I knew going into this. So expectations, it's I somewhat feel bad for somebody who hasn't read this yet. Which spoiler alert, we're gonna we're gonna spoil this. So if you haven't read it, stop. Yeah. Um, for somebody that hasn't read this yet, because I think the hype level is really up there, and anybody that is. Uh, to say late to the game has like a negative connotation to it. But yeah. for anybody who hasn't gotten around to it yet, and everybody is telling you how great something is, it, it's more often than not ends up not reaching that level for you because right. it's just it's just built up too much and unreachable expectations. So I was glad that because I, I write reviews for Batman on film, so we're able to get uh, digital review copies early. I was able to read it. Basically before, I'm not going to say before anybody else because others were reading it early at the same time as I was, but there were no reviews. There was no feedback or nothing. The only thing you could hear about this was that uh, Fabok was nervous because he'd he'd put a lot of time thought and effort as did jeff johns and colorist brad anderson into the story so i was able to actually sit and read it in one sitting without anybody's opinion pushed on me and so that's where i know that like genuinely it kicked off of like holy shit i love and i mean i love this first issue i hope this can this can keep going and then the the reviews started coming in elsewhere in which mostly everyone else was kind of preaching the same stuff that I was. And I'm like, man, we are kind of on something special here. And I think that 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 level of momentum carried through the next two months until it had just wrapped up.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those two with Jason has been the main flag waiver and I, I don't want to get into I'm sure you don't want to get into a whole Jeff Johns thing or whatever's going on in that world so but usually what happens you have like the James Tynan's the Scott Snyder's the Chuck Dixon's being the interviewer and then they'll go oh by the way we've got the artist here for the book so I only saw one interview with Jeff that was online where they were both uh side by side I forget what show I fandom heard. wasn't it yeah, maybe that maybe that's what it was was fandom. Uh that's probably yeah. That 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 was the one. Yeah. Cuz I think that's the only thing I've seen John's uh
0: seen with John's DC Comics the their website might have had a an interview with him that yeah. was written um very early on or not very early on but before issue 1 came out I think. And it was semi short. It was the fandom video was actually longer, but those are the only two pieces of like interviews that I have come across that john's has has done
1: yeah but i mean i all props to to jason and i And Uh i know we'll, we'll probably talk about the art but to me this is his hush when jim lee came to dc and he was getting to draw a batman book the world went holy crap we've got jim lee and i don't mean any disparaging comments toward jason like he's had a very good career but there was always that book for him. Like I, I've been like a champion for Jason going, man, he just needs a book to for people to go. Holy crap, look at Faybach. And I was like the Batman Eternal books. I I bought a huge poster of that first issue of Batman Eternal. And I just remember staring out thinking, oh my gosh, Faybach is so underappreciated. And this is the book that will push him into the stratosphere where people are gonna go, holy crap, Jason Faybach's on a book. So um, I'm not taking anything away from Jeff. We'll get to talking about that, but the amazing writing is on equal playing field as the amazing art in this book. And um, the words that Jeff wrote with the pictures that Jason drew and the colors like this is an all around top tier book from top to bottom.
0: Yep. And I think Fabox said he'd said on his YouTube channel, he
1: does a really, he
0: has a really cool, video of like walking through his office and kind of going. Yeah. Through his office and all of his books and his figures and stuff. And he gives some cool backstory on them and everything. And he said next and next to him as he draws, or maybe just specifically for three jokers, he had hush. He had killing joke. Mm -hmm. He had doomsday clock, uh, three books that I think you can see Definitely influenced his art for this story, and I'm I don't know that he said Hush is his favorite book of all time Batman book of all time, but he's definitely it seems like he's implying it of like this book is so influential on mm-hmm. me. So it's funny that you can even say it's not his, it may not be or it, or it is like his Hush, and I think he even worded too in, in an interview that he thinks this was going to be the book that he's remembered for. And mm-hmm. I think he's right because it's not discrediting any of his work that he's done before. No, no, but no. It, he did. He did, uh, two issues of the first iteration of the dark Knight uh, by David Finch. And he said that David yep. Finch was his mentor. He did those two issues. He did, the Batman annual number one of the Mr. Freeze origin for a um, beautiful book that Scott Snyder wrote. Yeah. He did that art, which is good. And then he did the detect like detective issues, which his art was definitely the standout. But like, it's, you know, it's kind of like some, here's this, and then here's this. And then he did dark side war, which was awesome, but it is, it was definitely of like a, and then he did two issues of the button in the Tom King's Batman run. Yep. And it's like, he had, he needed that this book for that level it's surprising that he he wasn't quote unquote the you know the a-lister before which is nuts to kind of think about but i think (laughs) that i know everybody always would say you know oh yeah jim lee and uh lee Bermejo, incredibly so yes but it's like i guess he just needed that book and this just showed like oh this guy's been an a-lister he just needed the right the right story for you guys to promote him as an a-lister and i think he he yeah. finally got there and i haven't seen one negative comment about the art for this book i've seen negative comments about the story yeah. but this as far as the art goes like i think everybody's like this knocked it out of the freaking park
1: yeah and j- just as a in a convention aspect i was nervous meeting jason he could not have been the more coolest down to earth guy and it was right when uh, the button was coming out and uh, uh-huh. you know because I nerded out that the flash issue they changed midstream real, real quick to a little sidebar that Tim Drake was drawn on that front cover and I'm like I've never seen him draw Tim Drake and I got a chance to ask him about it. he's like that's ah, still still fresh there was a change that was made the cover was done along before but he just took time to kind of explain what was going on but since the story was still fresh he's like I can't say much about it he's like I don't get a chance to draw Tim very much but you know here's my one shot on a cover so um he's just cool. such a cool guy
0: he seems very very nice uh i would like to i would like to meet him one day I'd be like jay said uh i <laughs> like your work i've liked your work for a long time and he'll be like oh geez another one of these another right. one of these guys security
1: such like that myers guy
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i guess we can just kind of hit different let's say different aspects i think anybody listening to this probably has read it even though i just said like if you haven't so we don't need to rehash the story i just like to connect some connect some dots and connect some pieces so yeah. i over overall let's see like the the whole setup for three jokers were you were you pl- to uh let's see pleased with how it was presented how it played out and then how it ended.
1: Yes. So from, I had the complete 180 review or uh, opinion, like, "Eh, I don't know about this. Once, you know, Jason was talking about it. I started getting pumped. Like, okay, now once we kind of have the seed of what the idea is that there are these three jokers running around Gotham, I'm like, okay, because it was taken out of the justice league book and made into its thing. So from, The time that the the books have been solicited, it's a real thing. I was full in and then reading it. I was like, okay, this makes sense. I could, I probably would not have thought of doing a a three jokers book like this and using these three versions of the joker and then how that all unfolded. And then the end of it, I, by the end of the book, I was like, holy crap. Um, If I thought issue one was just off to a great start, the way issue three ended, I was like, I wanted four books. I wanted five books. I, w- I wanted this thing to continue to go. So I was pleased the entire way through from, uh, once the inception was started and we got the feeling of what this was going to be. And then by the time it ended, I, I was completely satisfied. So yeah, it, it, it hit all three of those notes.
0: Yep. Same here. I, I'm very patient with storytelling. Uh, Unless something is supposed to be like 12 issues and I am not liking it in issue five, then I'm just like, okay, I've given you a long time. But for this being three, the fact that we didn't know the answer to what how there are three jokers and such Mm -hmm. by the end of issue one didn't bother me in the slightest. No. And then for issue two, we got teased with this idea of, you know, almost like a zombie jokers, except they're alive. And I'm like, okay, that's got some... They're creating Jokers. Yeah. Okay, well, we had it introduced. Now we're kind of seeing how maybe they are... Okay, maybe issue three is going to give the why. And the why was presented to us in it, in book three. So I, I'm with you of... I don't have any kind of hang-ups on no. any part. Because in the end, there is one Joker. And right. so that it didn't... It just kind of told this unique it fleshed out this unique idea into where for, uh, for the stubborn nerds that don't like that are like, give me something new, but don't change anything. It's like, okay, I think, I think this did that because I mean, we'll get to changes that it does. But as far as like the Joker himself, it's like we still have the Joker we've always had and we weren't told who he is or anything that's Batman saying Batman knows, but he didn't share it with us. So it's like, I don't, that's, I feel like that's almost so smart of doing like a, you're almost pleasing everybody, which is so rare when it comes to well, yeah. anything in general, but especially in entertainment. And like we, <laughs> we got something new without, outs it really messing up anything. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, it does. And like some, I've heard people go, you know, to the both sides. Like we didn't really Uh learn it, learn anything. And then you have people on the other side of it going, this is going to be a game changer for everything. So like we could address both of those questions, but this was like getting to have your cake and eat it too. And this was always my problem. Like, I don't want to know. Who the Joker is? I don't want to know. He's Arthur Fleck. I don't want to know. He's Jack Napier because he ceases to become the Joker, and that's just Arthur Fleck dressed uh, as a clown, and now he's calling himself the Joker. It's always a lot scarier and creepier when you don't know who the villain is and what the motives are. Once you name it, you're you can say, "Oh, but I'm the Joker." No, you're not. You're really Arthur Fleck. You know what I mean? So. Batman can know that answer. We as the fans don't, and I'm not upset about that. Cause like you said, you know, it made changes, but it's like I I want there to be changes, but I don't want you to change anything. I think this book did that.
0: Yep. I'm with you on that. Joker is is definitely a character because I think we'd gotten into a habit when it comes to when the superhero boom in movies uh really kicked off. I kept hearing it hearing Watching, reading interviews where it, in discussions about the villains, and like um, we give a another what, what's the and like giving characterization to the villains. It's like a backstory because then you understand where they're coming from. And I'm like, I don't always want that for a villain. No. Like sometimes it is creepy as hell when we don't know why somebody did something. Now you that doesn't apply and work effectively for every single villain. Right. But there are certain ones, the Joker where it is just, it is creepy and it's most effective when it's like, this guy is so unpredictable. Like the, you know, the old adage, I don't know who originally said it, apologize, but it was almost like he could something along these lines of like, he could walk up to this person, slice his neck and then hug the next guy in line and then shoot the third person. in line. Like, you just don't know what the Joker's going to do. And that's the most effective. Yeah. Um, uh, I think a benefit for this definitely is for this story is it can play slash does kind of play as a companion piece to the killing joke, but otherwise it's like it's in its own universe. And I think that there are a lot of people that really got hung up on that. in after the book one and I took it this way and then Fabok mentioned that it's kind of on its its own. Right. For the specific reason of like out of continuity, we don't need to build into this or that or whatever. I mean, you don't even need to know dark side war, which, which teases this three Joker idea, but you don't need to know that. And they don't try to connect that at all. It's like, Hey, death of the family happened. Killing joke happened. That's kind of all you really need to know. And even if somebody hasn't read those, They could get most of this and be fine. And I just, I really liked how it, it, it's just, it's its own, it kind of is its own story. That played as such a plus for me.
1: Yeah, me too. And not having to go, like, somebody can make the argument that, like, that's how the Killing Joke was conceptualized. Like, it's just telling a story until somebody decided, you know what, let's, let's bring, Barbara getting paralyzed into main continuity and then work with that. So, yes, somebody could look at Three Jokers five years down the line and go, you know what? There's aspects of this that I want to pull into mainline continuity. But if nothing ever does, I almost looked at this like this could be the Nolan trilogy. We got three books here, three movies. It comes to a conclusion, and you're left as the reader to just kind of wonder what these adventures would be like if the two of them get back together and say, Hey, let's continue our little journey through three jokers. Then there you go. You know, but if it yeah. doesn't continue on for here, or beyond this, that's perfectly fine with me. And I, I don't think it has to go. This is going to change the relationships of everybody going forward. It could, but it doesn't have to either. I don't think.
0: Now it it seems like it's a, an exploration into each character's character
1: yeah
0: <laughs> you know like it's it's an emotional dive it's not a big action explosions trying to take over the city again and have to stop and and like and it, it i'd realized upon rereading for book two and then reading book two of like oh crap yeah so these two books have happened in the same night and then reading book three too, and it's like oh this is a all happen in one night story. Huh? -hmm. Well, that's kind of nifty. Like, yeah, (laughs) I'm almost like a fan of those kind of movies too. I do like the, it all happened one day or one night or something too. They're just, I don't know. Something about them are slightly charming. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you said with, with Batgirl, let's, let's dip into, into the hero's side of this, of how, the main three, Batman, Batgirl, and Red Hood, how they are used in this story. So I'll just hop to Batgirl and Red Hood. The insertion of them into this story is very efficient and very, I almost want to say like productive, but that doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> it, it snaps I- together and go ahead.
1: No, obviously I I I agree that you're on you're you're on the right track because that's why I was like it does it is productive but I mean, that, 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 <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense but it does <laughs> sorry continue
0: I don't like that word let me use a different word in that but to measure up of the three heroes of you have Batman who's constantly going up against Joker who's had his own trauma in his life mm-hmm. and then he is dealing with two people that he has brought into his lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so for him, he could feel the guilt and responsibility that Batgirl was, uh, horribly attacked and abused in the killing joke. And that Jason was horribly attacked and killed in death of the family. And Batman could feel the guilt on that part. And then to measure up those, the two victims is how did Batgirl come out of this? perhaps the strongest of all of them. And then how did Jason come out of this? Very bitter. And just, he he kind of has zero Fs to give and you can't blame him
1: for it either.
0: If we really want to deep dive into like, you know, character motivations in a comic book story, it's like this guy, he, his story is effective in what what the toll has taken on Batman. Otherwise, a lot of people don't like that Jason Todd was brought back and don't think it was that effective because if you're you're not tying into Jason, Batman, and Joker, it's kind of like, well, why is he even around? And so I'm glad they brought him in here of kind of like, what's going on that Batgirl was able to come out of her incident like this and Jason came out like this. And I like that exploring. And then how the Joker basically is a predator. And he saw, I can't do much with Batgirl. She has gone above and healed. Oh, look at him. He's going to be more fun to toy with. And they just go at Red Hood in this messing him up even more.
1: And it's funny. The, the physical scars that the Joker has given Batman over the years don't compare to any of the mental scars that the Mm -hmm. Joker has given physical scars to his allies. Like me cutting you with a playing card and trying to spray you with acid. Yeah, that's, that's going to hurt you. But what's really going to hurt you is me hurting the two of them. And Barbara was, you know, able to run away from the pain so much so that she breaks treadmills every time that she gets on him, And she was able to make herself stronger. And like I said, be able to run through that pain and come out on the other side and go, okay, I've come across it. I've beaten the pain. It's still there. I'm still battling against it, but I'm dealing with it. Jason, on the other hand, has just literally taken blows by this pain and it's constantly reaching out for a hand somewhere to somebody saying, hold me, love me, get me through this. Why is this happening to me? And Batman is left standing between the two of them going, I can't help both of you at the same time because he is still dealing with his own trauma. So you have all of these scars that, you know, in the literature that we were reading at the beginning of it was not all scars heal and how you deal with the scars that you get in your life are going to determine the type of character or person you're going to be. So I thought thematically that worked really well between all, well, all four of them, the person giving the scars and the person receiving the scars.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And, and it's funny because you, that's, I mean, that's your measuring stick is we open up the story seeing Bruce's Bruce's uh, scars. And then as we get introduced to Barbara, we see, you know, the uh, her back where she'd been shot in the killing joke. And then we see Jason and his scars where he'd been uh, beaten in death of the family. And it's like, it's not to say that it doesn't weigh on Bruce slash Batman, but it is kind of like, yeah, you got injured and you heal. There's cut deep, which one, which, yeah, yeah, they haven't healed for either of them, but more, um, more so for Jason, like he's still in, in bad shape with this, but you can also argue with him that he's not in a sense in bad shape. It's, what was what was said so perfectly in the under the red hood animated movie when Jason tells tells Bruce, Bruce, I forgive you um, for not saving me, but why, uh, why is, and points at the Joker, why is he still alive? And it's like, take that into reality of some, some really horrible things that have happened in, in the world, in our country. and, It's like, well, don't you think it's semi justifiable this person that killed innocent people? Why do they get to live? Like Yeah. If somebody came out and took them out, would you really see that person as being a villain? Or would you kind of be like, Good? Like it's it's I'm not I don't know. I just think like that's such a it's a very uh it's an interesting question and it's it's very dramatic and it's very heavy. Especially when it's like they don't in here. Fabok and uh, Johns want you to feel how Jason must have felt because they keep reminding you of crowbars bashed to the head, and it's like, oh my gosh, ew. yeah. And how they they chair like tie him up to a chair naked and put the helmet on him, and then just beat the hell out of him with the helmet on, and it's like, oh my god,
1: yeah. And and even the things that you know reading the first part of issue one i i got the sense that barbara was not dealing with her injury I'm like oh this is going to be a barbara story you know the book is framed around it looks like the killing joke it's presented kind of in the killing joke style in the panel grids that same way so like oh this is going to be kind of another barbara gordon story and when jason's fighting uh the joker goons in the graveyard you know you see bruce and all his scars he's coming home bloodied and beaten and Barbara's running on the treadmill and she's kind of feeling her scars. Jason's going about doing work, busting some skulls. So I, at first read, I thought, Oh, Jason's got his crap together. He's going to be the strong one. And by the time you get to the end of the first issue, I was like, Oh no, Jason does not have this together. He's the one hanging on by a thread, especially when the Joker is saying, you know, is, is, replaying those moments for jason again like remember when you said i'll be your i'll be your robin and getting into that emotional like it was at that point in the book i was like holy crap we are on for a friggin ride with this and I, you started to see like no it's actually barbara is the one that's dealing with it and jason is it so um, i don't know where she, i was <laughs> going with that but she, no,
0: she she is but And this is an italicized but. But. (laughs) It was like a, not a gut punch. It was kind of like a, oh, damn. In that first issue, when Jason says, when's the last time you missed, Barbara? Man. Like, like, I don't know what it was about that. And when I read it the first time and I was like, oh, shit. Like, there's (laughs) something about that line. It's like hmm, because we know Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. Like, this yeah. This woman, she is efficient in her skills. Like, she is good. And, yeah, as Jason shoots and kills, which didn't fully surprise me, because Jason shoots no. his gun at, at bad guys. like. And also, there's three Jokers, and he's shooting one. I'm like, oh, okay, wow, yep, they got him. And then, yeah, that, that aspect, um, I don't, like... Maybe Barbara's not fully healed, which understandably so, but right. like maybe she's hiding it better, I guess. I I don't know. But there's something striking about that line that I I really dug and I thought that's that's interesting.
1: I think that's the moment of I know he's going to shoot him. And like you were saying earlier, for somebody that's doing all the bad things in the world when that person is kind of gone, you're like yeah, I I probably would have done the same thing, but Barbara has that conscience that she can say, "Well, I tried to stop him." And Jason is going, "There, there's no way you would have missed. You know, it's not like you were on the other side of the building, and you hope your batarang is going to get there. You were two inches from me, and you missed. You don't."
0: Well, they did a really good job of, um, showing her emotion, and like she is kind of in shock jason calls her out on it and she's like screw you jason because all of us when we're called on our shit we we get defensive yeah whoever called us out on it it yep. takes a while for us to understand like yep they were they were right they were like they called me on it and you end up appreciating that person or you should for calling it as they see it later on but how she was kind of defensive in that. But then you look at the opening in book two and how she basically in telling Batman and how it's kind of like at that point, she's almost settled with the, of like, no, this was wrong. This was wrong. Yeah. I don't agree with what he did at all. And then puts them in quite a difficult, puts them in a pickle,
1: a pickle. <laughs> for the yeah.
0: story on why they can't turn him in and stuff, which does kind of uh, have a good callback in the third issue where she said you ever do that again and i will i will unmask i don't care but I, I will yeah. turn you in i don't care what it costs don't do that again so uh, that's i think that's a an interesting story element uh do we i mean is there before we get to the joe chill <laughs> is there anything with Batman with this emotionally? Cause I kind of feel like he's just relating to the other two and their struggles with stuff until we get to the Joe chill.
1: Yeah. I, for the first two books after the second book ended, I was like, this really isn't a Batman story. Like by the end of book two, I was like, okay, I think this is a Jason Todd. You know, if you had to rank one of these three in importance, I think it's more of a Jason vehicle, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, and then book 3 i was like oh this is a batman story but yep. <laughs> i think B- batman's the periphery character for a while of trying to figure out the the mystery of what he knows doesn't know and how are these other two dealing with so you know coming from the joker war where batman's getting the crap kicked out of him and he's in the middle of it this isn't that and i really appreciated that out of the book of like getting to sit back and wait for that batman moment to happen so yeah
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely so let's let's bring in mr joe chill
1: this was interesting (laughs) Did, did you see this coming like at the end of book two i was like oh snap they're going to turn the red hood into a joker that that's the that's the thing the the aha moment and when you pull in joe chill i was like oh I did not see this coming. If I if I had two years to, to think about this, I, I wouldn't have put this together. A hundred years.
0: No, and I saw online. I mean, sometimes it's, I mean, people 20 years ago were saying this. People in 20 years are going to be saying this. But it's like, we need to wait until a story finishes. Because there were a lot of jumping to conclusions. And oh, they're going to make Joe Chill uh, hired by the Joker to kill a the Wayne's and I'm a, this is, you know, they were writing the third book before they even got to the third book. And it's like, just, it's okay to have theories, obviously, but before you make those definitive statements, like it'll, it's much easier for you to just say, Hey, we'll wait and see instead of getting all worked up about what probably isn't even going to happen. I had no idea what they were going to do with Joe chill in this. I had no idea. We got the flashbacks of the murder and, Like Bruce going to Blackgate and I'm trying to think when was the first time that we, oh yeah, he was in the, in the hospital wing.
1: He's taking a turn
0: for the worse and because he's sick. Uh, but by the end of that issue and the jokers break in and it's such an awesome, the last page in book two, where Joker's holding the video camera and why did you really kill Thomas and Martha Wayne? It's such a, an homage to the killing joke. except like substitute the camcorder instead of the camera. You know, right. that's like, it looks just like that. And I think that's, that's really cool, but that was such a, I didn't, I didn't try to figure out, I might've mentioned on here before, like this show before that I don't try to be like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to, figure it out of where this is going what's happening next i like to just present it to me and then i will see if it clicks together for me
1: see i didn't do that i i jumped like oh here we go this is where the waynes (laughs) were have
0: you learned nothing
1: (laughs) i have learned nothing from this show (laughs) i listen intently you know I, i kind of went like the trope lately has been with the waynes Well, they weren't squeaky clean. They were, they were taking some shady deals and they got involved in the mob. And I, I've never liked that about the Waynes. I I,
0: have, I have not liked that exploration into them either. Yeah. I like the squeaky clean because that to me, and I'm not saying that I haven't liked stories where maybe they're not as squeaky clean because I have, but my preference is that they are what the, what the rich, should aspire to be of like honest, good people helping out their fellow man and the lesser fortunate, because that makes it a more dramatic and heartbreaking story for Bruce. And that that's these the- really good. People mm-hmm. were taken out by a common criminal. And that's just like, and that that makes Bruce want to prevent that happening again to anybody else. And I just think that really supports his mission.
1: Exactly. Like once you start, chipping away at the wains like that and make them not as squeaky. Then it's like, well, my parents were no better than the crooks. I'm busting skulls for you almost get that point where Batman could go, well, why am I avenging for you? Cause you kind of did some shady stuff, dad. And you know, I'm, you know, I, I just, I never liked that. So I was afraid that we were going to go down that road. And what we got was, it was so much better that they were those perfect citizens. And uh, that didn't want to steer thunder about Joe chill, but him having that revelation of like, Oh crap. Uh, I I took the life of the wrong people, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, So for here with Joe chill in the end, what the Joker wanted to do was yes. Make Joe chill a Joker. But talk this out with me so I can fully understand. Because when I just when I just read the third book, I got it. But now I'm fuzzy on it again. (laughs) He wanted Joe Chill to be a Joker to because Bruce is hanging on to Joe Chill as almost like his. He's hanging on to Joe Chill because he birthed Batman, basically. Right. And now to it to merge Joe Chill and Joker into one. Then Joker is going to be Batman's number one, and that's what Joker wants.
1: And I, yes, a little Batman <laughs> in there, <for> you. <laughs> you know, w- which was always a sticking point in Batman '89. Of like, the Joker doesn't kill Batman's parents. I, I never liked that, and Sam Ham would be like, I didn't write that in there. But Sam I, didn't w- like it either. <laughs> yeah, Sam didn't like it either. So that puts that whole thing of the the Joker is so selfish. I don't. I. I want to be your first. I don't want you to have had a a wife before me, you know? So (laughs) if if I can make him a Joker, then the Joker will be your only, will be the reason of your existence will be the reason of your birth. So I thought that was bold of the Joker to do like, Oh snap. Like now that is going to harken back to 89, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, you're, you're right. That, that is the, the mindset of the Joker. Like, well, I'm tired of playing second fiddle to this guy. So I might as well just make him a Joker. And then the Joker will be your, your undo, your official undoing.
0: Do you like that the Joker knows who Batman is?
1: You know, I didn't, I never liked it, you know, when like the the hero has to be unmasked and like the bad guy knows, but I think as long as their history has been, I think it's one of the and it's even said in the book, like he doesn't care. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna go blowing your secret because that's it, it's just like naming the Joker. Like once you know it, like if everybody knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, then the game's over for the Joker. So he even says it like that that was never the point. You're like, yeah, I know who you are and I've got your parents murderer here, but that that's not why. And it's so- it's yeah, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, so I just realized also that I keep saying death of the family when I'm really mean death in the family, in the family because yeah. death of the family is the Snyder Capullo Joker story in the new 52. Yeah. So I apologize. I knew which one I'm talking about. I constantly, <laughs> constantly throw them back and forth. Same here. But the, I was going to reference in death of the family. Bruce says to Alfred at the end about very early on uh, when he was Batman and Joker was an arkham that he went to visit Joker and Joker looked at him and had no, didn't look like he knew uh, or you know, didn't recognize him as Batman or anything like that. But I think that that totally plays into what you just said too of like Joker doesn't care either. Like it's it's just kind of another toy. But if everybody knows, then it's going to be kind of like Joker's toys kind of getting taken away. Kind of like w- how how he teases Bruce teases in uh, Hush to Riddler. Riddler knows his identity, but then Bruce says, "Well, what good is the riddle if everybody knows the answer?" Into which right. then he's like, "Well, that's true. I can't tell anybody because then my toy is going to be taken away." So that doesn't that doesn't bother me either. And here it was another asset for the Joker to use. And like, he can now connect to Joe chill and use that as his, as his weapon to have more fun with Bruce in this respect. So yeah, I, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Um, But I'm also with you and like heroes getting unmasked all the time um like i'm kind of like okay okay too and everybody knows who everybody is it's kind of like okay then why wear a mask um right (laughs) but the joe chill angle by the by the end i think was it was really strong uh to say the least it probably affected others more than me but that's not a negative on anybody i thought that like that was actually quite touching in that Batman saved Joe chill twice twice there at the end. And then he was there and held his hand as he died. Like how much growth there for Bruce slash Batman to it it is like another relatable. Wow. What a downer Ryan to some um, horrible cases in real life where it's like victims, family or victims themselves. Tell the the accused the guilty like I forgive you, it's like, holy yeah. shit, like I don't know that I'm that good of a person that I could that I could do that. I'd be like, no, go to hell, burn, I hope yeah. you are tortured until you die because what you did was truly awful. And- I want to
1: watch you in the electric chair, and I want them to use a dimmer switch, <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, that's dark, Rob, okay, oh, I said, oh, I'm this sorry, is I was- not the place for that oh, I'm but, sorry sorry. Uh, <laughs> No, but like, and I, I totally understand that we're talking about comics, but it's like comics are a good form of literature an emotional form of literature. And the, that for a Bruce Wayne story and acceptance there. I mean, cause look how the interpretation of Bruce Wayne and Batman begins was he had a gun. He was ready to shoot and kill Joe chill. Yeah. Then he watched him die. And like the, We went down that path, and here in this one, it's like he has an opportunity. This was a case of a desperate guy that was just envious of the rich and wealthy. Accidents happen, and then he hated himself for doing it, and he he wanted to repent. As Bruce found out, no, not just because he was terminally ill. Like he'd been wanting to write to Bruce and apologize for a long time, and. I think that's just like growth. That's just that's growth for for Bruce slash Batman. It doesn't mean that he has closed the book on crime fighting. His mission is no longer there. It's just like there's some kind of peace there, yeah. and I think that that's it's a really strong message for me.
1: It, and I don't know if I've ever cried reading a book, but I've got to be honest. That moment took my breath away and where you go, I don't need to see the Wayne's killed for the 900th time in a movie or this showed a different light on it. I heard somebody say, it makes me want to revisit the opening of BVS and, and seeing, and seeing that again and hearing Joe chill say, I didn't know the kid was there, you know? Yeah. And for Bruce Wayne, the the reason that he started becoming Batman, he's now holding the hand of the killer of his parents that he vowed that this will never happen to anybody else. That took my breath away reading it. And I'm getting a little (laughs) choked up as I'm saying it, It just loving this character so much. I was like, nobody has played with this toy in the toy box before. And I was like, damn you, Jeff Johns. (laughs) Like (laughs) that, that, that was a moment where I was like, wow. I mean, it's it's, it's making the goosebumps stand up on my arm. I was like that. That is a brilliant stroke of genius in, in writing.
0: Yep. absolutely. So, so I think story per- perspective, we've, we've covered a lot of bases. There are two more things that I want to uh, discuss before we wrap up. And one would be, let's go with tying to the killing joke. Okay. It was definitely nodded to in book one, and we could tell by uh, Fabox art that, like, the, oh, this guy is definitely influenced by Brian Bolland in the Killing Joke. Yeah, I, I also saw hints of David Finch. I also saw hints of Jim Lee, and then even Gary Frank. And the nine panel layout used in Doomsday Clock, as, as well as some facial characterizations and stuff, I could definitely see Gary Frank in that too it didn't take me seeing his video that he has books by those artists next to him to be like oh yeah i'm just gonna steal that and say i noticed it's like no because those books are fresh in my memory and i always thought david finch had definitely tones of jim lee uh, especially with like his batman and stuff it's a very like detailed and sketchy looking art that's beautiful and i could see that and but then we see the, the like flashbacks of other stories and then oh book 2 really cool little like trippy opening that Joker is visiting and which I just thought it didn't even click with me it was oh the what they're eating is a nod to what they're eating in the killing joke like the crooks are eating in the killing joke oh okay that's cool and then it was like my reread that I'm like wait hold on the woman, <laughs> that's his wife. That's his wife of uh, this is like another oh um, my like mm. instead of Joker just an alternate world where he has a wife and a kid, it's like, oh shit, no, this is his wife and the child she was pregnant with. Oh, uh, that kind of tie in. And then that really plays in at the very end of book
1: yes. three,
0: which is the perfect joke for the Joker. hmm I think.
1: Oh, I do. Yeah. That this family that he had had and was told that they're dead. Your wife's dead. Your unborn child is dead. So the Joker is playing in this weird fantasy that you're thinking, oh, he's eating with this random family. Oh, crap. This is that family from the killing joke, only to find out that they're just mannequins at at a table. And he's fantasizing about what might have been only dun 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 guess what they're alive and bruce wayne not only knows where they are but knows who you are joker i was like what in the fresh fish is this like that was a cool moment
0: mm-hmm. absolutely i i think this is my i don't know who i spoke with this it might have been um our mutual friend javi of, here to wrap it up and tie into the the wife from the killing joke we get a quick flashback as if the the joker jack napier um well the joker we that he was like an abusive husband even though it's one panel but he's yelling at her really close in her face then he you just get this quick vibe of like oh this guy is an abuser in the killing joke Alan Moore to get his point across was oh, this down on his luck fella. Things just it was one bad day. Right. And I think that that's effective for that story. I don't I don't put the killing joke on the untouchable level that many do, but I do I do find it like it's a must read for Batman fans, but and it is good. It's just not my favorite story.
1: But- uh In the killing joke, he, he, I'm sorry. He says he's an unreliable narrator. So even that version in the killing joke of saying, Oh, it was just one bad day. I'm like, I don't know how many people in the real world go, Oh, you wouldn't believe the fight. My wife and I got into when somebody asks you, how was your night? Oh, it was pretty good. We sat around and watched TV. You didn't say like we were throwing spoons at each other and we were dragging each other's name through the mud. So there's that part in the killing joke where I'm like, yeah, that's what the Joker said, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's not true either.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. So it, it works in that story to have him that way. And then in this story, it, that's the only part where it does alter the killing joke. Yeah. the it, Where it does alter the killing joke, and it does it doesn't retroactively change the killing joke because you could just say that it, that it didn't happen. They're not, I don't know. Like that's where I'm a little torn on. Do I like that or not? And I've settled on the sense of like, it's the perfect joke. It's like Ryan. Do you like what the, what three jokers book three does to the killing joke? Yes or no. And I say, it's a perfect joke for the Joker, a completely political answer of, I will not tell you yes or no. <laughs> I will give you an alternate answer because I do think that that's, I think the Joker would find that hilarious. It's very oh, wow. smart yeah. that, that that he does not know and nobody will let him know that his wife is still alive. If that's really even his wife, which according to Batman, that part is true. So I guess that does verify that it wasn't just a multiple choice beginning in the killing joke. No, what we saw is what happened. Uh, But because if the Joker ever knew though, he'd find it funny. Oh, he'd go hunt them down for sure.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And hunt down the people that took them to it, to witness protection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the, the change that it it makes you feel about rereading the killing joke. And I reread that too, for this podcast as well, going, huh, the Joker will never see this coming, you know? So I, if you ask me that question, I say, yes, I'm I'm fine with that change.
0: Excellent. As we can see in all the art, there are nods there um, for a killing joke. I think the last thing I want to hit on is the Easter eggs. I don't, I definitely know. I have not found all of their Easter eggs of whatever kind of, Fun little nods, and it's going to be really cool if uh, Fabok comes out and does something where he points out, like, "Oh yeah, I meant this with that and this with that." But a few that I, I mean, we can go go through quick, and if there's anything that you want to say and whatnot, but for me, was definitely starting out in the the opening was the Batcave, and we got the Penny, we got the T Rex. Mm-hmm. In the little shrine, if you will, of uh, Joker props, we get the laughing fish. Uh, we get the nods, or we get like the Bane breaking his back from Nightfall for one of his injuries. And then as we go on in issue or book two, Red Hood is beating some guys down. He's beaten up the two uh, crooks from the beginning of Batman eighty
1: nine, mm-hmm. yep. which
0: I think is great. The nod to Strange Apparitions, more specifically, uh, Steve Engelhart is when Batman goes to Blackgate and you get to see Rupert Thorne's cell block in his hands. You get to see Alexander Sartorius, a.k.a. <gasps>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Oh, um. Oh, uh, Do you got it? Do you got it? Sorry, No, this I, don't. I, no you I don't. No, I don't.
1: You put me on the spot, and I, I'm blanking here. I Again, I turn on my Batman card. No. Dr. Foster phosphorus my gosh i'm like he's a he's a physician met like i, I could not put that together Thanks <laughs> <for saving me. laughs>
0: no it's okay um i mean putting those or er, that there and I, I see i'd already forgotten because there was like there's another one that i definitely have to that i have to mention and i'm i mean i'm forgetting but well i don't know if there's it, any others that you can think of
1: there was a there was one in here I don't know like Jason had said in an interview like maybe sometime he'll go through and do all the you know you know Easter eggs and stuff like that so I don't know if I'm looking at an Easter egg and it's n- not an Easter egg but one I keep uh, looking at is in book one uh, af- when they're looking at the blood when Jason's uh, in the ambulance outfit Batman pulls the little pouch out of his utility belt and squeeze or squirt some of the dye into the yellow bag it reminds me of rorschach's mask mm-hmm. knowing that you know we got the nine panel grid like you know the watchman is that a little tip to the hat to you know doomsday clock watchman or am i just going rob that's just ink being put into a bag but it <laughs> looks it looks shapy <laughs> where mm-hmm. or antidote or whatever um a, a nerdy one for me but it's not you know, uh, Brian Boland's uh, Batman costume is shown in the Bat Cave. but a Batman costume I've always loved is the Batman incorporated suit that has the light up bat signal. And when they're going through yeah. the, the aquarium and it lights up and Jason makes a comment like, oh, we're, we're still using that thing. <laughs> you know, I, I just I thought that was cool that's one of my all-time favorite suits and then you know the batman suit itself is the 89 suit but instead of being black on black it's the gray bodysuit and the capsule pouch belt so those are some of the the other ones that i saw the aquarium is the same uh, aquarium for batman 89 at that front circled doorway that they're going through is that same one that batman and vicky Vale come Uh, swinging out in 89 so i i dug that quite a bit you got the laughing fish being the laughing shark in this case which was pretty cool so those are some of the the quick ones that i'm just pulling off the top of my head not just out of book one
0: pulling in um i'm i'm looking really quick just to make sure gaggy
1: gaggy yeah
0: (laughs) oh my gosh oh gaggy Like that's funny, and he was there for a couple pages and then got eaten by the shark, which is funny. Um, I mean, there's it's going to be fun revisiting and looking at everyone because there's going to be there there will be more on another reading when the the hardcover, uh, when the hardcover comes out, which actually Fabok just tweeted a picture of that. I'm going to send it to you. Of the Barnes oh. and Noble exclusive what? Um, Dang but it. that that was another thing of like having this time for him to perfect everything is like they're like before it's released, yeah, we have each book ready to print, printed, ready for release, meaning there's going to be like we've got the hardcover now printed, ready to be released, and that's already coming out in November, so later this month, which is awesome, uh, and I will get it. <laughs> yep i have a sickness <laughs> when the <laughs> hopefully inevitable absolute edition comes out i love my absolute editions i will get that
1: barnes and noble um, dang you jason <laughs> yeah
0: now rob myers let's go to perhaps the most the the part in every episode but this might be the hardest
1: i do knew, you have a I,
0: favorite part? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Batman three jokers, a favorite part, not favorite parts. Do you have a favorite part?
1: A. Okay. Favorite part. Cause I know panel is going to come up next. I knew the, my favorite panel before I was even on the show. So my favorite part, I think is the lost opportunity romance between Jason and Barbara. I don't know why that struck me is as deep as as i thought it was going to and i think it was jason writing that note and in this day and age like dude send her a text but this does have history going clear back to 2003 gotham Knights issue 43 when jason first meets barbara and is kind of flirting with her and then you jump to 2014 to batman eternal where jason and barbara have that moment and jason tim tells him this and um i forget who else knows that jason likes barbara where he's writing the text he's going to send it to her and then deletes it and then goes off with red hood and the outlaws so pulling all of that together and Faybach was part of batman eternal so it was that moment of he is going to give up everything for barbara if that means taking off the hood he wants to be a better person wants to be a better man for barbara the note falls to the floor and gets swept. And and it was so, so sad in reading that where he was like, if you never mention this, then I'll know you weren't interested and we'll just move on. And I'm like, yep. she didn't even get the opportunity to make that choice for herself. So talk about all the scars that Jason is getting. He just got an additional scar and it wasn't even an earned scar. So in some way, the Joker got him again, Got got both of them again. And maybe just go to Lowe's and buy better tape next time.
0: That was <laughs> slide, a good fun Slide too. it under
1: the door. So yeah, that that was my my favorite part of it is that underlined. Will they? Won't they? And can Jason ever really come come out of this? And the sad part is he's never going to heal.
0: So what do you think? I forgot to bring that up of the the letter. So you expressed your thoughts there.
1: What do you think about their kiss? I. I liked it. I don't know if it was, I think it was, it was one of those like out of an intense situation. You kind of hear people, Kevin kind of having that hook up. Like, was it because of trauma we were in this crazy place and that really didn't mean anything or did it actually mean something to both of them that they are the only two that get it. And they're the only two that can relate to this horrible stuff that's happened to them. And they actually had a real moment. So My take was they actually had a real moment and then it was like, okay, if the Joker doing all this stuff, wasn't real enough. Now we just made it really real. And Barbara recoiled very much the same way. Like she did after him shooting the Joker. So yeah, I, I I was fine with it and I have always been kind of a secret closet shipper of, and everybody's like, Oh, Dick and Babs should be together. I'm like, I, I'm kind of rooting for Jason and Babs on this one.
0: Yeah it's i kind of had a little bit of like a okay uh act or like response to it um i think it does serve of like poor jason of like he's looking for a hand and he's just and he's not getting it and he took a shot all of us have been there, have we not? If we take a shot and it
1: does yeah. not go as planned and it's like,
0: oh my gosh, give me a hole to jump in.
1: Mayday, um, mayday, made a plane going down. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, so, I mean, looking back on, I'm. it's fine. It does serve in a way of, as we were explaining how the two, how similar these two are in their traumas. And that they would test it more. So Jason wanting to test it more than Barbara. Uh, But yeah, I think like it doesn't bother me if it didn't happen. It wouldn't have bothered me either. So um, yeah. To answer my own question of a favorite part. It's the zombie YMCA man. Like that was awesome. I I don't think we get enough. I mean, there's comics in the past, but it's like, I want currents like art, art like this that shows Batman and Batgirl teaming up.
1: Oh yeah. Cause I
0: just, I really like Barbara Gordon Batgirl. I think she is a cool character. She's a smart character and she can, she has composure in situations, perhaps more so than Batman even like she doesn't, she always has her anger in check and I don't know. She's like, she's a really cool character. And then to watch, like, you know, like, uh, there's the one, the one panel that Batman sticks his hand out. She grabs it. And then they whip around because the Batmobile is coming in and like the teamwork is fighting
1: beautiful sequence.
0: Yeah. Like all of that, I think is just, I don't know. Like that's a really, that's, it's a horror scene flat Mm -hmm. out horror and and then after the fact it's almost like then it's it hits her and she has kind of like her shock moment you know and so i just think like that whole sequence yeah it's it's a really strong sequence and it's as weird as it's is to say it's cool too because they all just come (laughs) from every from every direction ha, ha 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 echoing and they're all scary as hell like that's just a that's a cool a cool part of the book yeah and with these uh hundreds of panels can you pick one as your favorite
1: yep and i knew it the instant i saw it so i always say dc learn to number your pages but i get it so (laughs) book book three joe chill his rope has been cut by the Joker. He's plunging down, and you get this beautiful. I talk about Easter eggs. This has got to be an homage to Detective Comics 27. Batman swooping in and all the smog. Hashtag yellow oval, front and center. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Vera, him saving Joe Chill. That is a beautiful panel. And the second one would be a few pages before that of Batman swinging in and going to, and kicking the Joker. But yeah, that, that panel, as soon as I flipped that page, I was like, I want a poster of this Faybach, I want to print.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you say, and just actually at the bottom of that page, um, Batman kicking Joker there while holding chill Fabic loves to draw Batman kicking. Yes. He loves it. And he's good at it too. So keep it coming. If he draws Batman again, um, yeah, him kicking, it's just, oof, it's a thing of beauty. I'd say um, there's a lot of panels. There is mm-hmm. a lot of nine panels, which I think is what helps, like, is a strength for this story. But for me, and it's, it's odd, it's when it's Batgirl, Batman, and Red Hood outside of the Monarch Theater. Mm. And you see on the marquee, one night only the new joker because there's something with me i think of i see a picture and if i can create a story or if i like to think about what you know what's the what's the story behind this picture and it's like if that was presented in front of me like i like this could have been like a promo image for this story oh yes yeah. it's got you'd be like one night only the new joker well what's that mean oh it's got Batgirl? Oh, because he the killing joke. It's got Batman, obviously. Oh, it's got Jason because of death in the family. (laughs) Like, and and you don't see him and the the presence is there. The haunting presence is there. And I think that is just like, it's sometimes my favorite panels and stories are just like, it's very odd and how where my brain goes, but that's that one and rereading it. I'm like, man, I love this picture right here. Yeah. that
1: That is a beautiful picture. And I I'm a sucker for those things too. No words, no dialogue, and your imagination is just kind of left to go, what what does this mean? That would have been a great promo <laughs> image. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> Jack Skellington. What does
0: it mean?
1: <laughs> what does it mean? Thank you, sir. What does well played.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, lastly, would you like to see this as an animated film?
1: Yes. I Hell would.
0: Yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Bring it on.
0: Maybe it's already done too. They had their time to make it. Yeah, (laughs) they brought in Fabak as a consultant for the animation, and they've got this sucker almost done. And they could do it as like in their hour and fifteen runtime, which they've you know been expanding that a little bit to like an hour twenty, hour twenty five. They could, I think, they could do this because it's a one night all happens one night story. They could do it in an hour fifteen, hour twenty.
1: Yeah, break it up. Yeah, break it up like you did uh, the Dark Knight Returns. And then they turned, you you got a two-parter out of it. And then later on, they released it as a a full-fledged, you know, thing. So, yeah, I think this would very, very well be turned into, could be. And if I could add one more thing that I want out of this, I want Jason Fabok action figures, which we technically do have from the DC Essentials line. But I love Red Hood's costume. He's got the Robin tunic on it and the R is down at the bottom. He does actually have a red hooded sweatshirt that he can pull up over the hood. I This is my favorite version of his or of, of any version of red hood. So and they I can do an alternate
0: movie. version. That's got a Joker smile drawn on it. Yeah. 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 And, and for Batman, a little button under the cape that turns on the yellow oval. Oh, dude. I'm just
1: saying. And Batgirl comes with a treadmill.
0: I mean, why would it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's broken. Um, (laughs) Yes. Out of order. Out of order. It's with the blockbuster numbers, this is done. I don't see why they wouldn't want to capitalize it. I mean, it's just business. And they give us more of shit that we don't want. Like, why wouldn't they give us more of things that we really want more of? And so like, capitalize on this, get action figures, do, Uh, The hardcover that's coming out later this month. Do a deluxe edition that comes out next year. Do an absolute that comes out in 2022. Like, do I mean, just keep going with this and people are going to buy it. I'm curious if all the variants are going to be included in the hardcover. (laughs) You know they will. (laughs) Like, I I hope so. But (laughs) it was it seemed like such a late idea. I'm curious with such a quick turnaround, if it's going to be included,
1: you know, in in some way it almost be fitting if they weren't there, like, Hey, the variants were here for you to pick up as individuals. I mean, you, you know, deep down they're going to, and Jason had even talked about that. There were things that he got to go back in and revisit and change. So I'm looking like, Ooh, what was in there originally? What, what did you change? what, what are the other notes, or is there going to be like commentary? Like those are the things I get excited about that they could just continue to keep expanding on. Like how many versions of Hush do I have that I continue to keep buying, and all these other things, and how many versions of Killing Joke and Year One and uh, Long Halloween? I think I just recently bought uh, a copy for myself Ooh! in a good. <laughs> so Wait, was yeah, it I-
0: Long Halloween Noir because I have that now too.
1: So do I. <laughs> Weird. So yeah, I could see them. I think this is going to be something that DC is going to go. We've got a hit. Let's just milk this cow until we can't milk it anymore.
0: Yeah. And, and I, mean okay. that the best
1: po- I mean that in the best possible way. I think it deserves every iteration that uh, gets produced from this.
0: Yep. I am with you. So final thoughts, Rob Myers on Batman three jokers.
1: I mean, it's all right if you like Batman.
0: Yep. The
1: end. <laughs> Thanks the for end. joining me. See
0: you next yep. time.
1: Hour and 25 minutes to tell you, yeah, it's all right. No. Um, I, th- this is book of the year. And I had said this on the Let's Go uh, video sh- video show. That's not what it's called. Let's Go podcast uh, mm-hmm. YouTube special that they did um, that Justin asked, like, where does this fall? You know, is this in your top five? Is this in your top 10? I think it it's always really like the gut punch, you know, the gut reaction, like, Oh, this is, this is number one, my favorite story. You know, you want to let it marinate for a little while, but um, I've read it enough times since this has come out and it's only probably been four times. I think this is, this is in my top five. I don't know how this plays out. I don't know if it dips to seven or six or I, but I want to say like right now, I think it's in my top five. I, I don't know what books I'd have to shuffle around. But I know there are some stories that I was like, I feel like I like some of these Batman stories and I have to say this is in my top five. But this is one I think for right now, I, it's it's in the top five. I don't know where if it's five, four, three, but yeah, it's I, I like it that much. And to be invested in it, to buy as many covers as I have, I went into this whole hog going, th- this is going to be something special. And I'm very pleased with it. So, yeah. Uh, 10 thumbs up if I have 10 thumbs to put up.
0: Woo. Yeah. I mean, I'll echo your sentiments. I don't know that I've ever gone crazy like this for a, a story before. Um, I didn't buy multiple versions of each issue of white Knight, but in recent memory, that's the last like Batman book that kind of knocked me on my ass. And then mm-hmm. before yeah. that, I kind of couldn't even tell you. So it's, it's got me there. Uh, The story, I just think the story's strong. The art is spectacular. Fabok's finally going to get the all-around attention that he deserves. And that's not a discredit that he wasn't getting attention as it was. It's just he's got a book now that's just like, yeah, Fabok is awesome. Here's the proof. And he's been saying. Panel after panel and page after page. Like, this is gold, high standard. And I think this book is, it's elevated what is what should be expected for a black label book for if you want to kick up comic readership, you're going to like, no, absolutely not. Do not stop the Batman title or detective comics title or outside of that Superman action comics, wonder Woman. No, no, no. Keep those going, but also bring in the big cinematic stuff like this, which is what black label is supposed to be. This just elevated like the standard for black label. And that's that's good. Bring on the next one. That's also going to be like, oh, you thought Three Jokers was good. Look at this and just keep elevating that way. People will come and we we won't have to worry that the comic industry is dying because I've been posting or I would posted completed reading the long Halloween first printing issues. I've never done that before for the build up to Halloween and posting pictures and in the letters column in 1996 and 1997 constantly where people talking about how I really hope the comics industry is around in five years. Here we are almost 25 years later, comics are still going. So right. books like this will help that keep going. I'm going on a rant, but I love, I love this book. I think it's probably in my top 10. I'm going to have to, I'd have to sit and think and create a list. I need to give it some time on where its placement would be on, if it will go even top five or not. Um, I'm just confident that it's in my top 10. And I'll spend yeah. many days thinking about its placement. I'll reread it again um, in a hardcover and see if anything's changed. Give it some time. Um, but yeah, this is overall a plus book that I'm glad has gotten the attention that it deserves.
1: One last little thing that I have you talking about Black Label. As beautiful as the art is and everything, do you regret now, now that we've read it, that this was not presented in the original black label magazine style where the art would be even bigger? It's a bigger page. Are you glad it's in? You can you don't have to buy a magazine bag and boards. You can actually put this and file this away in your long boxes. Or should this have been like, oh, man, if this would have been like Batman damned and printed in that format would you have liked that or are you glad it's in this black label normal comic size
0: i'm happy how it's presented i love the magazine format i love it reading damned reading harleen in that magazine format um, joker killer smile superman year one uh i missed wonder woman dead earth
1: i didn't uh, get that one so- either
0: i'll check that out when it's collected because it's it's a task to find out those issues but the joker harley criminal sanity um like i i really do like the magazine format for these comics it's such a cool idea that i'm happy with how this turned out uh i would have yeah i probably would have loved it in that format too maybe more so but there that doesn't mean i'm not happy with what we got either
1: gotcha just, just something just popped in my head as as I was looking at the...
0: When Jason and I have lunch next week, I'll ask him, hey, yeah. uh, would you have liked to have done this in the magazine format?
1: Yeah, and just say Rob Myers is your number one fan, if you could just say that.
0: Rob Myers is your number one fan too. Okay. And he'll be like, yeah. oh, you damn Americans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you guys don't get it. Go back to Canada. Yeah.
0: <laughs> go back to Emmett Davis in Canada.
1: Later, yoga hosers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there we go. So... Um, Batman three jokers. Rob Myers and I are big fans. Uh, You should be too. And if not stop listening to the show, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everybody has a valid uh, opinion. Uh, Rob, before we say goodbye, is there any uh, plugs you'd like to make? Where can people follow you? Uh,
1: You can follow me on my just normal Rob Myers handle at drummer Rob 10 Uh, podcast handles. The primary show is Robin. Everyone loves a Drake. We're looking at uh, the classic Tim Drake starting Back in 1989, we're currently up to Batman Legacy. We're getting ready to. We're just started doing that one uh, right now. You can find me on Eltd Podcast. There, a the sister show is Everyone Loves Young Justice because I don't. I'm not original enough to come up with a new title. I just do. Everyone loves this. Everyone loves that. Uh, Jay Oz and I are covering Young Justice. We're finishing up the Bendis run, and then we will be. Since that's actually getting canceled, we will be primarily sticking to the animated show. Uh, Cartoon Network and uh, DC Universe and then the 1998 version of that book. And you can find us there at E-L-Y-J Podcast. Booyah! Wow. And The last little plug I have is uh, I am a poacher of uh, Ryan Lauer. So the guest that Ryan Lauer has on his show, I bring over because this year we're celebrating (laughs) 80 years of Robin. So I've got Javi coming over uh, to my show and getting ready to release an episode this coming Wednesday. So by the time you listen to this show on Monday, on Wednesday, you can hear me poach one of Ryan's guests. So that's what I do from now on.
0: Do it. (laughs) Do it. I, there has not been anybody on my show that I do not like. So there we go. <laughs> so nice. I, I fully support that'd be messed up. Be like, oh shit, Javi, really? Well, you can have him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Javi's going, Hey, wait,
0: come on. I had a good time, Ryan. Gee,
1: you're um, right. I just did a show with Javi. I threw it in the can, Ryan. You, <laughs> you fooled me. You fooler.
0: <laughs> Over oh, <Roy>. Well, <laughs> uh, Rob Myers, thank you for joining me to talk Batman three jokers. This has been fun. I laugh. Uh, each time you've been on and i try to say roughly what yeah we'll try and keep it around this amount of time and we blast like past it it's i'm
1: sorry it's just
0: words no i'm a talker i just keep talking and one of these days you will be on to talk about a lonely place of dying
1: (laughs) is that is that still a thing
0: that's still a thing that
1: uh rob Myers is gonna (laughs) gonna (laughs) talk a lonely place of
0: dying oh by the way can you come on for this one Hey do, one? One the, hey, do you want to come on for this one? Hey, you want to come on for this one instead?
1: <laughs> hey, Rob, we're going to do Batman uh, Forever. Let's do that one. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do that instead. But uh, yeah, thank you for joining me. Um, you can follow the Batman Book Club, like I said, at the top of the show, on Twitter at TheBatmanBC, where I'll give you up to dates. I'll keep you up to date. There we go. I'll keep you up to date on upcoming episodes, as well as new releases, and in fact, the we're sticking with Joker because the next episode, which is coming in a couple days, is going to be Joker War with the Pete Vera. New, yes. I'm up in the, the Jersey area. And yeah, you can follow the original me. Original
1: Jersey Shoreman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You love Jersey Shore. Uh, check out Jersey Pete, okay? Um, <laughs> I'm straight out of Gotham. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan. Lauer spelled like lower. And lastly, if you want to write into the Batman Book Club, for questions or comments, uh, concerns, go to Eric Holzman. You can write in at BatmanBC at gmail.com. So for Rob Myers, thanks for joining me. I am Ryan Lauer, and until next time, read more Batman comics.